I bring to you grace and peace from God our Father through our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Boy, am I glad to preach to you today. Not just because I get to talk for a while, which my wife always, you know, thinks that I just love doing, but because you get to listen and we together get to listen to God's word. We get to peer into things eternal. We get to give our hearts over to things consequential. And this from the Bible. Today I'd like you to turn with me, if you would, to this reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. I'm going to read it again. It's very short. Indulge me if you would. But again, just to underscore for us this theme of generosity, but more than that, the undergirding characteristic of intentionality. It's not just to be generous that's in our crosshairs today. It is to be intentionally so. Listen to the intent with which Paul goes about running the race that God has given him to run. He says this, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a race that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just beating my fists in the air. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified for the prize. With this word of God in mind, let's bow our hearts and heads in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful. We are thankful that you call us to run a race. By your grace, O God, you give us the energy and resources needed to not only run, but to run in such a way as to win. And so we ask this day, Heavenly Father, that you would purge us from everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so that we may run and we may win the prize for which you call us heavenward. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Last week we began a generosity journey, and boy, I had a long one. I'm not going to kid you on that, and thank you for being patient as I set the table last week For this generosity journey, what is generosity? What is Christian generosity? How do we think of it? Today, we move forward and we build on this theme that God calls forth from us, this generosity, and now we begin to underscore it with certain words and characteristics, especially from 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. The first characteristic that we come up against is the characteristic that you see that's the very first one on the screen, and that's the characteristic intentional. Generosity is not a matter of wow, like, ooh, I didn't expect myself to be so generous. Who saw that coming? Wow. No. Generosity instead is a question of how. Each and every day we get up. Having the resources in this human life that God has given us, the question is not, what are we going to do? The question is, how are we going to get to the generosity that God calls forth from us? 
And each of us, the great thing is, is that every single one of us, because we have resources, we have talents, we have time, we have treasure, the three great T's, we have all of those things, we have an unlimited store of resources with which to be generous. That's a true statement. Uh, Sometimes in my pastoral ministry, I've talked with Christians who are down in the dumps, who are basically like Winnie the Pooh's Eeyore, who think that they have really nothing to offer because they look at so many different other people and they say, well, this person has that and this person has that and I wish, well, I really don't have anything at all, Pastor Seidler, to give. And I, well, I don't slam the table because I, I, I try not to be an angry man, but by this time, my anger at sin, at work in them, that causes them to question whether or not they've got anything to offer. I want to slam my hands on the table and say, that is a lie. I, oh, I just did that, didn't I? I'm so sorry. I, got, I lost control. Look, it is a lie that the devil wants us to believe when a flesh and blood human being that is still breathing, that is still taking nourishment, that is on this side of the grass, when a human being believes that they do not have resources, they do not have uh, things in their keep that they can generously offer into the lives of other people entrusted care that is a demonic lie of the devil and if we are going to live under the freedom of that flag then we take the faith of this flag and we carry it into the lives of everyone who asks the question what am I to give O Lord what do I have in my hands to give to others now the Apostle Paul comes through a lot of conversation with the Corinthian church and the Apostle Paul comes to this point in uh, Second Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and he says to uh, them, I just need you to understand that with everything that I have in my capacity, the resources that God has given to me, I, I need you to understand that those resources are not managed on an ad hoc basis, on an as-needed basis. Rather, every day that I get up, you get this sense, every moment that I live and breathe, the Apostle Paul is asking the question, what is in front of me right now so that I can methodically, constantly, intentionally offer the resources that God has given me for the sake of the gospel ministry? Uh, Paul was not living by chance. He was certainly led by the Spirit. He certainly lived by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. But even his life by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, those spontaneous moments where the Spirit of God goes, ding, 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 ding. Hey, take notice of this. Respond, react to this. Even that was cultivated. That spiritual intuition and discernment was cultivated in an intentional life of prayer and spirituality. My brothers and sisters, as we talk about a generosity journey, generosity does not happen by chance. If you are going to be a generous Christian, you must grow in your capacity to be intentional about that generosity. It simply will not do to go through life with all the resources and with all the opportunity that God has given and sprinkle it around as need arises like fairy dust. Rather, it is an invitation for you today to think a few minutes in advance. 
Just a few minutes will do, really. Some of you may say to me, well, Pastor Seidler, I mean, there are certainly people in my world that are very intentional and methodic. They plan out their days. They plan out their meals. They go to the store. They know in advance of what they're going to have for an entire week. Their milk never goes bad in the refrigerator. It always seems to be well thought out. But I'm not that. I'm someone who just kind of has been wandering through life. My personality is a type B personality. I just kind of take life as it comes. And I'm okay with that. The church needs all kinds of personalities, for sure. But I still want to challenge you today that even if it's just a few seconds in advance, you begin to increase that intentionality quotient that is at work in your heart of Christian faith. So that when the need arises, when the opportunity comes, you might have just a few seconds advance on what you might do if. One of the fun parts in uh, my life in St. Louis was there were all kinds of auctions, school auctions, agency auctions, 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 auctions. And Renee and I, when my wife and I would go into these auctions, we would always stop before we got into the actual building and we would have, or, or if we were driving in the car, and we would talk through, okay, who are we going to see here today? Let's make sure we're all on the same page. And, and we would talk through, and Renee would say, so, now, who's, now who's that per, what's that person's wife's name? Who, is they, who are they married to? What agency is this person with? So on and so forth. And we would go through that, and it became almost humorous, especially when our kids were young, and we would leave in the house, and the kids were screaming, and the babysitter was not having a great time. And we were like, see ya. We'll, we'll be back in a week or so. Bye. It was more like three hours, Right? But we would get in the car, and that would be one of the richest times of our married life with kids in the car. And it really wasn't anything more than a time built around intentional care of other people. I wanted Renee, because I worked in the church world, I wanted Renee to be equipped with the knowledge as much as possible necessary so that when we got into a room with a lot of people and everybody's talking and moving around and everything else, but we came in with a sense and spirit of intentional generosity. We wanted our spirits to be so open that we weren't sitting there in a conversation as I am so often in these early days and I may be talking with you, but I'm thinking, now what is their name again? And I'm, you're trying to tell me something significant. I'm like, what's their name? Just please, Lord, give me the name right now. We, we get after this intentionality. And uh, that's just a, a critical piece of it. Today, I maybe just think about what is that intentional place in your life that could use some advanced help. Um, my guess is that over the course of the next couple months, you're going to be with family. How many of you are going to be visiting family or having family visit you? Uh, I think most of us or we're going to be sharing mission and life together within this church. And as family comes in, how often do we, we, we buy the turkey, we, we get the pumpkin pie, we stock up on all the calories that we need for life over Thanksgiving and Christmas. But the thing we don't put into our storage cabinet is a prayer for this family member who I know is having a tough time. 
some thoughtfulness around how will I talk with my niece or nephew who I understand is coming through a tough point in their marriage? Or what will I say to my aging parent who is mourning the fact and loss of younger days? All of these kind of opportunities present for us in our generosity journey a great, great thing that we want to take hold of. You see, this is what I think Paul is getting at behind to run in such a way as to win a prize. To condition his life, to condition the well-being and care of his physical body so that as he runs and as opportunity to make an impact in the lives of others presents itself, those opportunities present themselves. He may have thought just right, just the right amount in advance. Where are you at in all of this? You know, um, one of the things that I love to teach my uh, confirmation kids, which makes me marvel and wonder at the mystery of God, is we believe in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? And uh, one of the things that I recognize in Scripture over and over is when God says, from the very foundation of the world, I knew you. I knew you. The faith that we share in this room, the personal relationship each of us have with our God and Heavenly Father was not something that just dawned on him one day and he decided to sprinkle some heavenly fairy dust upon us. The giving of his son as a ransom for sin, uh, that wasn't thought up about, you know, midway through Jesus' public ministry. Well, you've been doing a great job preaching and teaching and healing. Why don't we, you know, offer you as a sacrifice for the sins of the world? God doesn't work that way. For as much as the very foundation of the world also was the foundation of God's commitment to you as his child, so was the foundation of the world the moment when God said, and I also I'm committed to giving my son as a sacrifice for sin. It's one of the deep mysteries of the Christian church, how it all works, God's intentional favor for humankind and his pre-planning for the giving of his son as our Savior. All of that keeps me in check. As I live my life, as I think about the intentionality of God, I am called myself to mirror that. Oh, I'm an ADHD wanderer. I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, a lot of things happen at the last minute for this pastor. Yes, affirmed, affirmed. But as you will hear these words from me over and over again, constant methodical behavior is the call of God on each of our lives to increase in that constancy. That intentionality is a spiritual discipline that even in this American soundbite snippeted world, we must be committed to. God will have it no other way. Paul calls that forth from us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So where do you land? And where are those places and spaces over the next 168 hours until we meet again next Sunday where are those places and spaces that you need to give extra time and advance intention, attention to? As we think about those spaces, as we think about where the Holy Spirit of the risen Lord Jesus Christ may be challenging you, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are gracious and merciful, and you have richly blessed us. 
with everything we need for this body and soul for this life. We thank you, dear God, that you have called us by the gospel to be yours. And through the Spirit, you have gathered and enlightened your whole Christian church on earth. And this morning, we are gathered. And because of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we are a bit more enlightened. And that enlightenment, God, that insight comes with a consequence. And so we pray, help us live more intentionally with the resources we've been given of every kind, of every kind. Especially, dear God, lead us forward to increase generosity in this journey of life so that your name may receive praise and others may be led to the cross of Jesus where you accept us and free us from the bondage of sin. For this we ask in Jesus' name and all of God's people in agreement said, Amen.